it was months of healing, changing my diet, taking the supplements, learning all about Hashimoto's and thyroid and hypothyroidism. And then from there, I kind of like reorganized my lifestyle. I call them now like Hashi habits, like the little habits that are good for us that help our Hashimoto's and kind of reworked how I work out. And that's how I kind of discovered like, okay, you cannot push your body as far as I used to before Hashimoto's, but you can still work out. Hello and welcome to Unlock Your Vitality with Magali on a Journey. I'm your host, Magali Matthew. Here we cover all things vitality, that is living full of energy. From gut health to spirituality, nutrition to movement, we peel back the layers and unlock ways to heal and feel our best selves, one conscious habit at a time. Stick around, let's dive on in. I'm so excited you're here. Hello, my beautiful friends, and welcome to another episode of the show. I am so excited to have you get to know this week's guest. And really the next guests for the month. It's been really beautiful to start the year with lots of solos and plan out. Yeah, some really, really exciting guests. And we're starting out with today with Sarah Sanders, who is a certified personal trainer and nutritionist helping women struggling with Hashimoto's to reverse their symptoms through mindset, movement, and nourishment. She's lived herself with Hashimoto's for 10 years And we talk a lot about that in the episode and how she's just really passionate about helping other Hashi warriors, as she calls them, reclaim their lives. She also has a spirited toddler. She loves working out and it lives out in the state of New York. So I really hope you enjoy this episode. I actually found Sarah because this is pre being diagnosed with Hashimoto's, but by just really being curious and listening to my body. So being intuitive and knowing that a lot of my SIBO and gut health issues were probably linked with my thyroid. And I actually found her YouTube videos uh, for working out and for being able to work out with thyroid issues and Hashimoto's. And it's been really, really helpful to learn from her. I can't wait for you to listen to this episode. It's just super, super packed with education and great content and also just like inspiring to hear her story. And I think it's just really hopeful as a reminder that we can all reclaim our lives regardless of what we're dealing with. And also that it's important not to stay too maybe attached is the word to the diagnosis, but to be yeah, able to really move on and move forward. So I am super excited for you guys to listen. Let me know on Instagram how you're enjoying it. And if you are interested in the Vitalize program, the waitlist is officially open for the next cohort. So I will add the link in the show notes. If you're somebody that is ready to unlock their vitality with a mind, body, and soul approach, looking at transitioning, whether it's into a new career or really starting your business and how to create financial model, how to do that 
how to go from intuition into action, how to let go of imposter syndrome, and also how to regulate your nervous system and really take care of your mind, body, and soul. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the show. I am so excited to introduce you guys to Sarah. Welcome, Sarah. Welcome to Unlock Your Vitality. Hi, Magali. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you. So I found your amazing videos. I had a feeling that something was wrong with my thyroid. I've been having like a gut health journey for a really long time. And I, you know, was diagnosed with SIBO and all these things. And I was like, something's not right. And so, and I could feel I'm somebody that's always been really active. And I could Uh feel that as I was like working out in the normal way, I was getting more tired. And so I started just, I guess, intuitively being like, well, how are people working out if they have thyroid issues? And I found that on YouTube. (laughs) That's amazing. And that makes me, you know, so happy because I really am like putting a lot of energy and time into my YouTube channel. And it's really awesome to just hear that, you know, people are finding me and it's helpful. Like I get messages Mm -hmm. every day from people saying this is so helpful no one has ever told me how to work out with Hashimoto's mm-hmm. or thyroid issues. I thought I couldn't work out anymore. And I think it is just a testament to, yes, we do have to adjust our workout routines slightly. Mm-hmm. Um, you definitely can still work out. But when you do have thyroid issues or even gut issues, autoimmune issues, you really do need to um, you know, reorganize how you're working out. Yeah. And I can't wait to get into all of that. Before we do, just I'm super curious to hear about your journey. um, How, what's your story, how you got to do what you're doing today? Sure. So I became a personal trainer back in 2010. It was around this time. I was working at a nonprofit, you know, I was like 24 and I got put on a PIP and then let go because I was going through some family drama and it was really taking a toll on me emotionally Um, Mm -hmm. and they just didn't understand that so it ended up being an amazing door you know a little pivot for me I was like what do I really want to do I always loved working out I grew up dancing I you know through college gained the freshman 15 and then trained (laughs) myself through working out and eating right, lost it. So I knew how to lose weight Mm. um, myself. And I was like, I'm going to become a personal trainer. So I applied at Equinox in New York City, one of them. And, you know, that's where I started. I started out as a personal trainer. Then later that year, I became a certified nutritionist. So I was hustling at the beginning, you know, working 12-hour days, training a lot of clients, but having a lot of fun. And I was also young. But then I was also, you know drinking an entire French press of coffee in the morning on an empty (laughs) stomach, then going to train people all day, not really eating enough, Mm -hmm. probably not getting enough protein, which is what I preach now. Mm -hmm. Um, And so (laughs) slowly but surely, and I think just stress and getting older and thyroid issues running my family around 27, 28, still very young, I started to feel very sick. And Mm -hmm. I was extremely tired, extremely depressed, like nothing could bring me joy. I didn't want to do anything. I wanted to lay on my couch and just rot. Basically. It was a horrible summer. I mean, like I was inflamed. I was puffy. I felt awful. I was bloated all the time and just 
I'm a very intuitive person with my body. I know my body very well. I'm like, something's off. Even Mm. though I went to three doctors and they all told me that my thyroid labs were in range and nothing was wrong. And maybe I need to get on an antidepressant or maybe I should just, you know, work out more and eat a little less or, oh, I'm just getting older. (laughs) I was like, this isn't right. I know something is wrong. So intuitively, I had cut out gluten because I had made the connection. I was always able to eat anything I wanted growing up. And then around this time, I noticed every time I ate gluten, I would get bloated, have stomach pains. I wouldn't be able to suck in my stomach. And then I would get really tired after I ate. And I remember my husband is Jewish and I am not. So I went to his aunt and uncle's house and I remember her just feeding me babka. And I was eating <laughs> all this babka and it was so delicious. I loved it. And it felt like I went into a coma mm-hmm. after I ate this. I could not open my eyes. I was so tired. And that's when I knew like I needed better help. And thankfully, there was an amazing doctor in the city at that time who was really great with autoimmune disorders. So I went mm-hmm. to him. He was very expensive, but I, you know, I asked my parents for help because I needed to feel better. Um, and that's when he diagnosed me. He's like, you have Hashimoto's, you have a wheat allergy, a gluten allergy, you have a parasite, you have SIBO, you have dysbiosis, you have candida, you have toxicity, you have adrenal issues. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, I, I really just kind of ran my body ragged, mm-hmm. you know? And so after I went to him, it was months of healing changing my diet, taking the supplements, learning all about Hashimoto's and thyroid and hypothyroidism. And then from there, I kind of like reorganized my lifestyle. I call them now like Hashi habits, like the little habits that are good for us that help our Hashimoto's and kind of reworked how I work out. And that's how I kind of discovered like, okay, you cannot push your body as far as I used to before Hashimoto's, but you can still work out. Um, and it was just kind of trial and error for a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. seeing what worked and what didn't. And then around the pandemic, I had had this thought for a while, like there is nothing really out there teaching women how to heal Hashimoto's, how to work out with Hashimoto's. And I was like, that's where I'm going to kind of pivot with personal training because the pandemic happened. So I lost all my clients. I couldn't go to any gyms in the city. They wouldn't let me in. And I was pregnant. And so I was like, I can't, I'm not going to like do workout videos from home right now. Like I'm pregnant and I want to like kind of enjoy my pregnancy and the world. I got kind of went into a COVID depression around that time too. Then I was like, you know what, maybe this is the time for me to just kind of sit back, relax a little bit, and then focus on this new project, this new business. And so that's where the thyroid trainer was born. So that started around a little bit after the pandemic, and it's kind of been a struggle because now I have a toddler and I had a baby when I was Mm. just starting it. So it's a lot of time management, but I really, really enjoy what I do. And I love, you know, making the workouts and I love hearing from people that it's helping them Mm because still to this day, I get people saying, I never knew this. My doctor didn't tell me that. So I'm like, okay, even though I feel what I'm saying is redundant, there are people (laughs) who haven't heard it before. So many. Yes. So many. <laughs> no, that's beautiful. I love your story and I can relate to a lot of it. Yeah. I think a lot of us can. Yeah. It's interesting what you said of when you were saying you kind of, you know, pushed your body to the extremes, not only from like 
physically, but not necessarily nourishing it right and all the different things. I was vegetarian for seven years and I very much did it for the environment. Nobody ever was taught. And this was also now, I don't know, 10, 12 years ago. People weren't really like it's that's when it started. People weren't really talking about protein in the same way people are now. Right. And we weren't talking about the negative effects of being vegetarian. And like, I could tell that I was tired and all these things. And then I went through a really big burnout at work and I went at it very much from the gut health perspective because Uh there was so much bloating. And for me, I mean, you mentioned your Jewish husband. I am French. And so gluten is like, (laughs) literally, (laughs) it's it's just like embedded in my blood. And so the first person that I worked with who helped me very much from a gut perspective, but we cut out gluten, all these things. And Mm -hmm. I also had candida and a bunch of other things and parasites and everything. And it was really helpful to like clean all that out. And I remember at the end being like, I'm still bloated. And I don't know why, but my thyroid in that moment hadn't really been checked from a functional perspective. It had from a Western medicine perspective and they were like, you're good. Like everything's okay. And then I remember, so we got married in 2022 and up until my wedding, I was like, okay, like I'm not having, we got married in France. I was like, I'm not having gluten and all these things. But then we did our honeymoon in Greece and I was like, and we spent a bunch, like a few months we took off work and spent a few months in Europe. And I was like, I'm done. Like this isn't helping because I thought it was really linked to the gut things. And I was like, I'm doing all these things and I'm still super bloated and I still have all these symptoms. Like I'm so tired of this elimination and Mm -hmm. restriction and not understanding what's going on. And so I was like, screw this. I'm having gluten. And fair enough, like a few months later, I was like, okay, I really need to stop. Like I can really see that this is, yeah, a big impact. Yeah, no, our bodies definitely have a way of telling us. Yeah. Sometimes subtle, sometimes not so subtle that something, there's still something wrong. Yeah. Maybe if you could explain a little bit more of actually what is Hashimoto's, because for somebody listening, they might be like, okay, cool. I kind of think I understand, but I've heard of hypothyroidism, maybe heard of Hashimoto's, but just in like your own words, if you could share. Yeah. So, you know, hypothyroidism is extremely common and it's low thyroid function. So your body does not produce enough thyroid hormone, and you experience the symptoms like depression, mood, like very low depressed mood, weight gain, bloating, fatigue, brain fog, hair loss, dry skin, puffy face. It's a whole range of issues. Um, And Hashimoto's is the autoimmune disease that causes hypothyroidism. So everyone with Hashimoto's has hypothyroidism, but not everyone with hypothyroidism has Hashimoto's. Mm -hmm. So I used to say, you know, with Hashimoto's, it's your body attacking yourself. But I've since kind of, I don't like to say your body's attacking itself because then it's like our body's the enemy where our body is not the enemy. Our body is trying to give us clues and signals that something is wrong. So what I kind of like to say now is Hashimoto's is when your immune system, you know, is just overactive. It's an overactive immune system and it creates antibodies to your own body's tissues. And most of the time, those antibodies are thyroid antibodies. So then it causes 
hypothyroidism, that low thyroid function, and you get the same symptoms as hypothyroidism, but you also will get, you know, inflammation is a big one with autoimmune disorders, joint pain, all of that. So with Hashimoto's, you really want to focus on finding out these root causes of what is causing your immune system to be overactive. And that's where we start in healing this. Mm, Yeah. Thank you. That's so helpful. And what are some of those potential causes that have caused your immune system to be overactive? There's a lot. You know, we live in a very toxic world. There are like the big five. So there's the environment. So what we're living in, the toxins that we're either ingesting through our food, our water, you know, household cleaners, just breathing the air, you know, we can't escape it. And then there's parasites can be a big cause, gut issues like SIBO, H. pylori, (laughs) candida, dysbiosis, any of that. And those can be caused from, you know, artificial hormones like birth control or antibiotics can really lower the microbiome um, in the gut. And then with Hashimoto's as well, another big trigger that I see a lot and that I experienced was not knowing you're allergic to wheat or gluten. So Mm -hmm. wheat, because of the molecular mimicry, the wheat protein looks exactly like a thyroid cell to your immune system. It can't tell the difference. So if you're eating gluten, your body sees the gluten protein and wants to attack it, but then it ends up sending its immune soldiers out and it will see a thyroid cell and be like, oh, that's gluten. I need to get rid of that. And it ends up you know, destroying Mm -hmm. the thyroid tissue. So that, um, a lot of, you know, dairy as well can be a trigger for people. And then cross-reactive foods like corn. Another big cause is just like nutrient deficiencies. One of, it's so Mm -hmm. funny. One of my friends texted me yesterday and she's like, I just got my blood work back. My thyroid levels are off. Can you look at them? And I was like, okay. And I did (laughs) like her TSH was six, which isn't great. Her Mm -hmm. T4 was 0.89, which isn't terrible, but not good. But the doctor didn't do antibody testing and they didn't do T3 testing. So I couldn't really give her a good answer just yet. But I did notice on her lab work that the doctor said her vitamin D was extremely low. I was like, Mm -hmm. okay, that's the first step. You Mm -hmm. need to get your vitamin D levels up at least above 50 because low vitamin D has been linked to hypothyroidism and Hashimoto. So that could be another uh, root cause. And then a big one that I don't think enough people are talking about is, you know, of course, stress is a huge trigger for the body, for anything, for gut issues, for autoimmune disorders. But I think emotional trauma, I've seen a lot, a lot of clients I've worked with, especially, you know, thyroid diseases and Hashimoto's are so prevalent in women. And Mm -hmm. we experience a lot of trauma and emotional stress that I don't think men experience. And I think there is a big correlation there. And I don't think a lot of people are talking about it. Mm-hmm. So I think being able to process trauma, being able to let go of any grudges, being able to heal your emotional spirit and that mm-hmm. side of you, even though it, you know, it kind of seems woo-woo for some people, but I feel like that's a huge part and a mm-hmm. huge root cause of these autoimmune issues. Yeah, for sure. I, I'm I'm 100% with you. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, before going further into that, I wanted to say I also have very low vitamin D and I live in California. Like I get a lot of sun. 
I'm, you know, a solopreneur. So like I yeah. work on the balcony in the sun a lot. Like well, that's nice. I yeah. really take in the sun a lot. And I was shocked yeah. to see how low it was. So for sure, yeah. this is a huge trigger. Yeah. I think I, and it reminded me to take my vitamin D because we're in an Arctic tundra here in New York right now. And I'm not, <laughs> I'm not getting any from outside. So I'm like, I need to take, and you know, it's safe. My functional medicine doctor said it's always safe to take between like 5,000 to 10,000 IUs yeah. a day if you want to get your levels up quickly. So I'm like, okay, I need to take at least five drops of this stuff a day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But yeah, if someone is listening to this and you know, they, are suspecting that they could have thyroid issues or Hashimoto's, like the first thing to start with is vitamin D for sure. Mm -hmm. If you know that you're low and most people are low. Yeah. And what you said about the, some of the things that not showing up on the blood work or not being mm -hmm. tested for, right? Yeah. I, so many times through, you know, my insurance provider tried yeah. um, to get antibodies tested and they were like, no, like we don't see a reason why we should do that. Your markers are fine. And having to go, I mean, again, very grateful and fortunate that I can go that way, right? To go to the functional medicine route and pay it out of pocket. Right. But I think that's another like big frustration is how not accessible it is. Yeah. And it's like such a simple thing to be tested for that could answer a lot of questions for people. It's, and that's another reason why I kind of started my business is I was so frustrated with our healthcare system. And I was thinking yeah. about this this morning, you know, it's not a health care system. It's a sick care system. Mm -hmm. They honestly, like doctors, you know, they don't take barely any nutrition mm -hmm. um, in med school. I want to say it was like, I heard it was like around 1% mm -hmm. of what they're studying. So they really don't know the impact of food on disease. And they certainly, a lot of them don't let their patients know that, you know, you can heal a lot through food. It's not mm -hmm. the end all be all, but it's that starting point. And then they don't test for what they need to test for, yeah. <laughs> or, you know, they give us. Another thing that really bothers me in this thyroid space is the medicine they give us. Some of them, like Synthroid and Levothyroxine, which are the most widely prescribed medications in the United States, are filled with triggers. They're filled with food dyes, talc, sucrose, lactose. If you're allergic to milk and that's a trigger for your Hashimoto's, why are you, they giving us a medication that has milk in it? It, mm -hmm. it drives me insane. Mm -hmm. Um, so it really, you know, that's why I wanted to share everything that I've learned through this. Cause mm -hmm. I really like to stay, you know, on top of latest trends and what's going on and putting out information that a lot of people don't know about. Cause I'll dig, like I can look up all the ingredients in Synthroid where, you know, most people just take the pill from their doctor and say, Oh, the doctor knows best. I'll yeah. take this. And then they still don't feel well. Mm -hmm. And for me, I'm like, well, why, why is that? Mm -hmm. What is in this pill? That's and I even experienced it myself. I take Tyrosint, which is, you know, what I recommend. It's the clean version, clean fillers. And then I take Lyothyronine, a little mm -hmm. dose for T3. But my pharmacy switched providers one month. Mm. And I noticed that month I started getting really bloated. I started getting really tired and my medication had changed. And I was never able to find out what the ingredients were or the filler ingredients, but I asked them, please, you have to change this back to the former manufacturer because I don't feel well and I need mm -hmm. this. So they did, luckily. Wow, but man, if these manufacturers ever stop making this medicine, I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So it's a lot. You can go down a big, you know, rabbit hole with all of this. For sure. Yeah. I love that you also mentioned the not only stress, but the emotional trauma. And yeah. I also think that 
when you're going through an experience of, you know, low mood or depression or realizing that something isn't feeling good, it can be really difficult emotionally because it's not like a visible, okay, you might have bloating and have gained some weight and inflammation, Mm -hmm. but it's not like you have a broken arm, right? That people can physically see. And I find it, yeah, difficult to be able to share with people like, hey, emotionally, this is also what you're dealing with. Not only with how you're feeling from a mood perspective, but also what it means to like have gained weight out of nowhere and not understand where it's coming from and feeling like I'm working out, I'm eating clean. Like, why is that? You know? Yeah. So, and obviously this is not something that doctors kind of like walk you through or help you through. Right. No, it's incredibly frustrating. And I hear from so many women all the time that they're just, they're desperate, they're frustrated, and it's really hard to explain to either your partner or your Mm -hmm. friends or your family how you're feeling when they look at you and they say, well, you don't look sick. Mm -hmm. You look fine. Mm -hmm. You know, someone, people said that to me and I was like, on the inside, you know, I feel like death. Like I feel Mm -hmm. awful. Like it's Mm -hmm. a struggle for me to be here. But to an outside person, you look totally normal. You look fine. And, you know, that's was really hard to deal with. But yeah, also just, you know, the unknown. Mm-hmm. This disease is definitely a roller coaster. You have ups and downs. Um, it ebbs and flows. The good news is that the low points don't last forever. You will, you know, feel better. And the goal is to get to a place where you feel good like 80% of the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you're not, you know, it's an autoimmune disorder that's chronic. Mm-hmm. So you kind of have to, you know, keep your body in line and, you know, do the things that are going to help you feel good. Um, and just know that, you know, some, you, you might get glutened one night or you may drink a little too much and then be really tired and have a migraine the next day. Or, you know, maybe you push yourself too hard at the gym one day and you're really sore and tired. Um, mm-hmm. But eventually the body, you know, will bounce back and it's very resilient. Um, But yeah, Yeah. just kind of, it is, your life changes and it can be a hard shift Mm -hmm. to deal with, especially if no one around you understands it. Yeah, for sure. And I've also had, um, just since having my own diagnosis, have people like ask and reach out what the journey to potentially conceiving and being pregnant and having a child. And I think there is some fear um, sometimes, right, with what it means can you talk to us about your experience with that as you found out before you had your child, right? Yes, I did. So I got very lucky because I didn't struggle with fertility. Mm -hmm. I got pregnant, not planning to out of the blue. So (laughs) that just happened. (laughs) But what I did do before that, when I knew, like we knew that we were going to try and conceive. So I made sure that my TSH, we got it down to two or below. You kind of Mm -hmm. want to get the TSH down. You know, you want to try and get your antibodies as low as possible, but it's not the end of the world if you still have antibodies. And then I was just eating really well and trying not to stress myself out. So managing my stress. And those were the big things I was doing, making sure you're getting enough nutrients, you know. Mm-hmm. Those were the big things that I think really help when you're trying to conceive is making sure all your systems are working cohesively together. Mm -hmm. And then being pregnant, you know, I did kind of freak out at the beginning because it was the pandemic, the pandemic happened. And then, you know, I was in New York and it was like 
it was crazy. Yeah. Very dystopian. And I had to go to these doctor's appointments and I wanted to make sure everything was okay. And I remember, you know, I had to get off all my functional medicine supplements. So I, they took me off a lot. I stayed on the thyroid medication, but I know we changed that a little bit, but I was still worried. You know, I wasn't even sure if that was the right dose, but it ended up being fine. But yeah, you definitely want to work with your doctor to adjust your thyroid level, make sure, making sure your thyroid levels stay consistent throughout your pregnancy. That was a big mm-hmm. thing with me. My midwife and the doctor was doing that. Mm-hmm. And then I had to, I don't know if it was from Hashimoto's or not, but I had low PPA, which was mm-hmm. a little scary, but they just put me on a low dose of aspirin mm-hmm. that I had to take throughout my pregnancy and everything ended up uh, working out. And so I actually had a very easy pregnancy, traumatic delivery, but that's not Hashimoto's fault. And then <laughs> my biggest struggle was after I stopped breastfeeding and my hormones changed. So just going back to being pregnant, being pregnant was actually amazing because when you are pregnant, your immune system lowers. It's not as active, you know, it lowers itself. And so I felt amazing when I was pregnant. I didn't, you know, eat gluten or go crazy or anything like that. But I remember feeling really good. Um, you know, I was pregnancy tired, but I wasn't Hashimoto's tired. But then when I stopped breastfeeding and those hormones took a nosedive, that's, I went into a post breastfeeding flare that Mm. knocked me on my butt and it felt like the beginning again. It felt like I had to start over from the beginning. So I say that as a word of caution, not to be afraid of it, but just knowing that, you know, you just want to keep an eye on your hormones. So hormonal shifts. Yeah. Yeah. I love that you talked also about nutrition throughout your pregnancy. Can you tell us a little bit about like any tips around nutrition, pregnant or not, for handling uh, Hashimoto's? Well, for pregnant, just to put this out there, my first trimester, all I ate was cheese and gluten-free carbs. I I could not stomach (laughs) anything else. So I was like craving grilled cheese, pizza. And so I would have to make myself like these gluten-free versions of that. I remember feeling just awful, like disgusting. I'm like, I need to stop eating cheese. But that's all my body wanted. Mm -hmm. And so I did that. And then, you know, in general, you just want to eat nutrient-dense food. So whole foods, you know, shopping the perimeter of the grocery store, a lot of colorful fruits and veggies, getting those phytonutrients, antioxidants. Like I love, you know, dark leafy greens, berries are amazing. You know, those lean proteins are great. Chicken, shrimp, fish. We want those omega-3s from salmon, mackerel. Gluten-free grains are also really important. Quinoa. And then fermented foods are really Mm -hmm. important for that house. So, and also really good for Hashimoto's like sauerkraut, kimchi. Artichokes are one of my favorite Mm -hmm. foods to talk about with Hashimoto's because they are detoxing. They're like one of the most detoxifying foods out there. And they just, the fibers and the leaves kind of like scrape everything out of your intestines, getting all the bad stuff out. So eating foods with fiber is also really important. But then, you know, I always tell people it's all about balance. So I like to say like 80, 20, you know, 80% of the time you're eating really healthy. And then that leaves 20% room to have the things that you want to enjoy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's so important because we can be so hard on ourselves when we've got this like a certain kind of protocol or something to yeah. follow. 
And I definitely experienced it of being in like elimination of so many foods for so long. And then it went totally the other way where I was like, I need to have all of these things. Like I was in like a starvation mode from wanting some of these. So I am 100% a believer. Yeah. And you know, what benefits a lot of people at the beginning is doing the autoimmune protocol. Yeah. And I remember doing that at the very beginning and I only had to do it once. Um, because the good news is most of the time, if you're able to heal your gut, you know, you heal your gut through either an elimination diet, through food, getting rid of all, you know, the parasites, the bugs that are in there, the overgrowth, then your gut heals and you can go back to eating the foods you enjoyed. Yeah. You know, you don't have to go through that again. So sometimes Mm -hmm. it's just like a one time, get it done and then you're good. (laughs) Yeah. No, for sure. I love that. Yeah. I'm curious, what has been one of your biggest lessons with since having Hashimoto's? Oh, that's a good question. I think learning to let go. Mm. I can't control everything. You know, I couldn't control my diagnosis. I can't control this disease. Mm -hmm. I can't control, you know, the healthcare system, the doctors, I just kind of have to let things go and, you know, do the best I can. And then also just in life, like, I feel like we hold on to things so tightly Mm -hmm. or, you know, if someone offends me or like a friend backstabs me or something, I, when I was younger, I probably would like hold on really tight to that and hold a grudge and be very angry. Yeah. And I think one of the biggest lessons is you have to let go of anger. You have to let go of anxiety. You have to let go of stress because otherwise those emotions live in your body Mm -hmm. and they will manifest, you know, in your body as disease. Mm -hmm. So that's been, I think one of the biggest lessons is I told myself in 2023, I'm like leaving all the drama behind 2024 is just like, (laughs) I wanted to be easy. And I did, like I did it. I made amends. I love it. I had a falling out with a friend up here and I just made amends. And I was like, listen, like life is too short. I don't Mm want to feel negative. Like I already have an autoimmune disorder. Like I want to feel good. I want to keep the good vibes up. Like I'm I'm a big believer, you know, we're in energy, you know, we're all Mm -hmm. energy, what we put out into the world and how we're feeling. And I spent a lot of my life with this disease, just feeling awful. So I want to feel good. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so obviously I found you through working out videos. Can you tell us what are some of the really important things about working out with Hashimoto's? Yes. So the important things are to one, listen to your body, Mm. you know, don't push yourself. I know we want to push ourselves and workout culture is like, go hard or go home. Or if you're not sweating, you're not doing it right. Pain is gain. No, throw all of that out the window. Listen to your body. If something's too hard, if it's too much, you know, scale back, slow down, take a breather, rest. Also, the biggest thing is rest is super important. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, one of the most underrated things we can do to feel better is taking a nap or just laying down. Those rest days are really important. Um, And then just going slow. So, Mm -hmm. yes, it's important to lift weights, but the method kind of I developed um, is, you know, you're lifting, you're doing a certain weight move, maybe it's a squat or a lunge. And then instead of moving right on to a, another move, you take a second, let your heart rate come down, stretch a little bit, and then we move on to the next move. So it's weights, but with a little bit more rest in between. 
And then finding stuff you enjoy doing, you know, working out should be fun. Moving your body should be fun. So everyone has different preferences for what they like to do, but find something you enjoy. I personally love reformer Pilates. I get so happy when I can make it to a class and I, my body loves it. I feel so good afterwards. Mm -hmm. So my favorite kind of, you know, workout mix is my strength days, like one or two days of Pilates. I love walking. Like I've become a big walker. I just walk on the treadmill for 30 minutes right now. I've been, I usually recommend doing it outside. So you get some sunshine, some vitamin D, some fresh air, nature. It's all very healing, but right now it's a little too cold. So I've been putting on, you know, I put on a show on Netflix. So mm-hmm. I'll watch, you know, it's called Fool Me Once. Something on Netflix that keeps me entertained <laughs> while I do my 30-minute walk. And then like mm-hmm. a good yoga day is mm-hmm. nice. Get to stretch out. It's very mindful. It's slow and easy for Hashimoto's. The things we want to avoid are those hit classes. Any, and really, you don't need longer than 30 minutes. You really don't. Yeah. Yeah. I used to um, run half marathons and do like berries and orange theory. And I, all love, those I used things. to love berries before Hashimoto's. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. And actually when I came back um, after we got married and everything, we came back here and I was like, I'm going to sign up for another half marathon. And that's when I personally started gaining a ton of weight. And I was like, this is crazy. Yeah. I'm like running so many miles. Like my body is doing the total opposite that it's done in the past. Like, yeah, which was obviously a big clue to, to dig a little deeper. (laughs) And, you know, I also, I did an experiment the other week where I've been, I've been feeling very good for a while. I feel like I'm in remission. I really don't have any symptoms right now. Um, And so I went to F45. I was like, I'm going to go and try an F45 class. And I purposefully went to the one that wasn't cardio. It was focused on strength. So you're, you know, doing big lifts, but even, you know, for me as a trainer, it was too long for me. Yeah. You know, with Hashimoto's like, I was fine after 30, 45 minutes. The hour was just like a little too long for me. It felt good to lift the heavy weights, but then I definitely was exhausted the rest of the day. Like I was Mm -hmm. really tired. So I was like, okay, this is a good check-in to be like, okay, this probably isn't the best thing to do right now. I can just lift the heavy weights at home. Yeah, for sure. I also love Reformer Pilates. I go to Body Rock Pilates. Okay. Yeah. I've heard of them. Yeah. And I love it because it's 40 minute classes. Yes. And then, I mean, I definitely adapt from what they're saying, right? Like the strength, weight or whatever, the springs and also the speed. But I do love that Reformer Pilates, the idea is to go as slow as you can. Yeah. And it honestly feels very restful for me because, you know, you're lying down most of the time. Mm-hmm. But then the next day, my inner thighs are so sore. <laughs> such a good feeling. It's good to train your muscles in different ways. So, you know, strength training, we're training them in very like forward and back motions mm-hmm. for the most part. Whereas with Pilates, especially in the reformer, you know, you're doing leg circles. You're moving your muscles in a different way and it's a different strength. It's a different resistance, which I really love. Yeah, me too. Amazing. So this has been such a beautiful conversation. Yeah. We end every episode with a little rapid fire, just some questions. I mean, it's not really rapid. It doesn't have to be rapid. I need to stop saying that. Um, (laughs) We just end with some questions. Before we do, though, where can people find you? What are like ways that people can work with you? All the things. 
Yeah. So you can find me. I am the thyroid trainer.com is my website. And then I'm on YouTube, the thyroid trainer and Instagram at the thyroid trainer. And I'm going to start delving into TikTok. We'll see. Um, <laughs> it's the same. And I also, I think it's at the thyroid trainer there as well. Um, and so the best way to work with me right now is if you're looking for an amazing 28 day kickstart, I created this 28 day program and there's 10 video workouts to follow along. It's progressive strength overload, which just means we start really nice and slow with body weight workouts the first week, and then we move into band and then we move into dumbbell. So the loads get a little heavier each week, which helps you build strength, build lean muscle, and burn fat. And we go slow for Hashimoto's. Um, and then you also get two 30-day meal plans, hormone balance, and high protein. And then I think I put, there's a couple of fun bonuses like my seven-day no sugar guide, a clean eating guide, another six-week written workout plan, and a supplement support guide. Um, so there's mm. a lot in this 28-day program. And that's $99, which I thought uh, was a great price. Um, so there's that. I also have just like a ultimate thyroid-friendly meal bundle. And I do have a group coaching program called the Hashimoto's Weight Loss Blueprint, which is really fun. So we go deeper into gut health, liver health, stress, morning and evening routines, uh, nourishment, so meal plans as well. Um, so it's a six-week go-as-you-want video course. And then there's a six-week workout plan with a calendar attached to that. And then we also have live group coaching calls every month and a private Facebook community. So this is, um, you get a, the community aspect and it's kind of fun. I love jumping on these calls every month with all the members. Yeah, that's beautiful. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing. And we'll add the links and things um, in the show notes so that it's easy for people to access. Yeah. Amazing. So let's get into the last little questions. So this podcast is called Unlock Your Vitality. So yeah. how do you unlock your vitality these days? What is something that you've been doing or exploring that really gives you energy? Oh, that's a good one. Actually, cutting back on caffeine is I've been like really kind of listening to my body though. And just knowing that like, I don't want to have that second cup of coffee. Like what's a better choice here? Let's go with the green tea. Let's go with turmeric latte or something. Another good answer for this is I've been living with the seasons, living my life mm. with the seasons because everyone is like, go, go, go in January resolutions. And I'm like, no, I want to do a slow January. I'm cocooning. I'm staying home. I'm, you know, I've been watching all the award-nominated movies. Like I'm not pushing myself hard. I'm working out when I want to. Like I'm getting in what I want to do, but I'm not pushing myself because what I feel is like we are in winter right now. Like ancestrally, our, we were not doing much right now. We were at home you know, animals are hibernating. So yeah. I feel like we kind of have lost touch with nature and the seasons. So March, spring is when I will like be going full. <laughs> so I think like unlocking your vitality, you can also like, you know, live with the seasons. I love that. Just fun. Yeah. Yeah. And you can do that also with the foods you're eating. Yes. And so we made a really delicious beef stew the other weekend. It was actually like beef bourguignon. It was my husband's, mm. his grandmother's French. And it was her recipe. Aww. Yeah. It was amazing. Delicious. Yeah. That sounds so good. So good. 
I love it. This next one's a fun one. What is on your nightstand? Like 10 books. <laughs> Pack a stack of 10 books. I just joined a book club recently. So we're reading Tom Lake right now. But I also have my like Hashimoto's books, my journal. I have this really cool book I got for Christmas called The Pivot Year. So it's all just like little prompts every day about your pivot year. Cool. And then my silk sleep mask to, you know, make everything dark. I have a beautiful lavender chamomile roller essential Mm -hmm. oil that I put on my wrist before I go to sleep and do some deep breathing. And then that's it really. That's on top of my nightstand. Yeah. I love that. Amazing. The next one is if you could go back in time and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would it be? Oh, enjoy your youth. (laughs) (laughs) Like I I feel like I did not enjoy the freedom I had in college And just like not worrying so much, like trusting Mm. that things would work out, but just enjoying like your twenties, even though they feel so volatile when you're in them and even in college and high school, like it's such a special time because you really, you have a lot of freedom yeah, and you have a lot of time and space to do the things you want to do. So I wish I would have enjoyed that more. Mm, Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And the last one is, what is something you've had to say no to lately? Mm, Let's see. I haven't really said no to much lately. (laughs) (laughs) I add that question in to help people remember that it's okay to say no. (laughs) Yeah, it is. You know, I feel like I'm in a good place. Yeah, because I, you know, I'm like in a good place where my schedule's like nice and slow. So I'm like, I'm saying yes to things right now. <laughs> I love that. I've been saying no to negativity, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beautiful. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for coming on. It was such a pleasure to have you and to get to know your story and all your expertise. And I'm really excited for people to hear this. This was amazing, Magali. Thank you so much for having me. I loved our conversation. Me too. Thank you. And we'll see you next week, guys. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. And I hope you loved this episode as much as I did. If you are enjoying the show, please feel free to rate and review. Share it with a friend. This is truly how we are able to grow. So whether you are listening on Kajabi directly, on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, or on Google, any way that you can just share it with a friend and even through social media, letting us know what you loved about it, what you got out of the episode. And if you haven't yet, you can subscribe or rate and review depending on all the places that you get your podcasts. But I just wanted to say a big, big thank you if this is the first episode you've ever listened to or if you've been here for a while or if you've been here since the very beginning. Unlocking My Vitality has been a beautiful journey into learning actually. And this podcast has really helped me learn through different people, through your feedback, through yeah, just seeing and hearing beautiful women and the work that they're doing and sharing it with the world. So thank you so much for being here and I'll see you next week. Bye.